0: Welcome to the Techopian Podcast Series. In this episode, we speak to the chief product officer at expert.ai, Luca Scagliarini, about natural language processing or NLP, and how it fits into the ongoing conversation around AI. My name is Mike Baxter from Tecopian. AI can be befuddling. It throws up results, but people are not always sure why. So today I'm speaking to Luca Scagliarini about explainable AI. Luca, can you introduce yourself, please?
1: My name is Luca Scagliarini and I am the Chief Product Officer for Expert.ai. Before, I spent with the company more than 10 years and uh, before that I had um, other experiences in uh, high tech, uh, both in uh, in the US and, uh, and in Italy.
0: Can you briefly explain to me who expert AI is? So
1: expert AI has been in business for, um, for more than 20 years. Um, we have been focusing uh, in developing uh, so-called natural language processing technology since when this was not, uh, was
0: not a very popular topic. OK, thank you. So what kind of technology or, or AI does expert AI develop?
1: um same kind of uh an algorithm based on uh, trying to replicate uh, the way people read the the way people understand uh, obviously for for uh, for a few years this was not uh, was a kind of a niche market especially around the first year 2000 this was uh, only only very innovative companies and organ- and government organizations were were uh, investing in this area and then progressively became uh, you know, something uh, uh, more and more popular. It's, um, I think that the amount of uh, text that we need to understand every day is growing exponentially. And so this technology became obviously more popular. And it's also a trend in in the fact that uh, you cannot process text like it's just a a list of keywords, right? You need to, to try to understand.
0: Thank you. Can you explain what natural language processing is? Natural language processing
1: is a branch of artificial intelligence. It is uh, all around uh, uh, understanding uh, written text, or there's also the version, you know, like uh, sometimes people refer to natural language processing also to voice, but the majority, usually the the, the term is really linked to written, uh, written text. And it's, uh, it's the capability of uh, a system of a computer at the end of the day to uh, take an in input uh, a text and instead of just considering it as a series of keywords one next to the other, it's really trying to understand it uh, in, in its form. So understands, for example, the grammatical form And as I was saying, in our specific uh, approach, we also go at the level of understanding meaning. So something that uh, for a computer initially is a simple flat file with a lot of keywords becomes at the end of the processing, something that uh, has a little bit more structure and has a little bit more uh, general understanding of what's
0: inside the text. The world has become a lot more accustomed to the idea of artificial intelligence. So, so how has that affected expert AI? So that really gave us an opportunity to grow. And
1: uh, a couple, a few years ago, we became a public company traded in, uh, in the AIM exchange, the Italian branch of the AIM exchange. And then uh, last year, we had another significant injection of capital and uh, we rebranded. Originally, the company was not called uh, Expert AI. We rebranded, and now we are on a growth path that hopefully is going to bring us to become a very well recognized name in the in the world of NLP.
0: Can we talk about RPA for a moment or two? What's the difference between what Expert AI does and something like RPA? So um, our
1: technology is uh, an add-on to a typical RPA. Uh, We offer, if you want, an intelligence layer on top of an RPA. When we talk about RPA, we're talking about anything that goes from very simple, the automation of very simple tasks, copy a file from here to there, or take the email, send it to a certain person, and so forth. But um, when you actually bring RPA to where it can bring the best benefit, which is to automate uh, uh, more critical or strategic processes, that's where a technology like ours uh, plays a role. For example, in insurance, if you think about claims management uh, and especially about medical, you know, when you have incident, you know, accidents and so forth. Um, usually the work of the claim manager is to receive a 20, 30 pages uh, medical report, going through the report and, uh, you know, understand which data should be used to uh, reimburse the claim or not. Now, the RPA can help in making sure that all the documents are collected in a single uh, folder where the person goes and does the job and that's where we kick in we can help the person to do the job we read the document uh, our technology reads the document and augments the capability of this person not replace because there's always the need for human uh, human intervention and uh, and makes it uh, simpler more uh, you know more reliable because The system processes the thing always in the same way. There's no difference from one claim manager to another. There's no difference if you're in the morning or if you're in the evening where you're tired. But uh, we're not replacing. We're just helping the person to do the job. Now, in a typical RPA, there are hundreds of processes where you need to take a document, understand what's inside, and then do something based on that, not just based on where you save the file. And
0: that's uh, that's where we can uh, be an add-on. Great, thanks. So I understand that symbolic human-like comprehension is an important part of your technology, but can you explain what that is? Symbolic
1: human-like comprehension is uh, trying to uh, having an algorithm that tries to replicate what uh, us as people do when we read. If you think about when we read, we you know, we have the language, the language rules. So the grammatical rules and so forth that each language is different. And then to really understand the con- the content, we need to have a knowledge, right? If we don't know anything about a certain topic, let's say American football, then you try to read an article about American football and you don't understand the thing. Certain words, touchdown, you know, like quarterback and so forth have no meaning. Um, the symbolic, uh, uh, human-like comprehension is trying to replicate that. So uh, besides an algorithm that understands the grammatical rule, the syntactic rule of a language, you have uh, a knowledge that being a software, at the end of the day, this knowledge is a graph, is a database graph where all the concepts are related to each other. And that allows the system to really read content, uh, again, in a way that is similar to us. We understand if in a certain context, uh, a word uh, like um, we always use this example but uh, you know like a bank is the bank uh, in terms of the building in terms of the bank as the financial institution or the or the river bank because we understand the context in a way that is similar to human now humans are better in general if they have a knowledge but uh, we we are we are very near the the performance of humans in doing that
0: and what's unique about symbolic human-like comprehension. How does it differ from other AI building approaches? Yeah, Um, you know, when
1: we think about uh, really risks uh, um, compared to other techniques, uh, you know, like, for example, a technique in natural language processing and in artificial intelligence, in general, machine learning, compared to other techniques, uh, human uh, symbolic like comprehension as less risks because at any moment in time, humans can completely understand the behavior of the system. So humans are, people are developing the model like it's a general software. So you write code and then you can always understand the behavior. Um, obviously, this uh, means that you need to have uh, uh, people who are coding that have also knowledge of uh, the specific things you want to do because you cannot instruct a machine to do something if you don't, uh, if you don't have, uh, have that. So this is, I-, I would not say that compared to other techniques, you have much lower level of risks, but you have a little bit more requirements in terms that you need to actually transfer human knowledge into a program like you're doing with many applications, but uh,
0: And what are the advantages of symbolic human-like comprehension?
1: There are there are several advantages. Um, For example, you know, like, uh, as I mentioned, this concept of being there are two terms that are related to this. Now that are very more used, which is explainable. So everything happens for a reason if you want, you can actually go back and understand why something happened, and also interpretable. So in any moment in time, if there is a mistake, you actually know why the mistake happened, especially with bias, which is a a big issue with uh, machine pure machine learning, you can. instruct the system to behave in a way that is not uh, kind of learning automatically right so that's uh, that's um, a significant uh, a significant element about uh, about that but there's more one other important element is that in terms of any en- energy consumption it is uh, this approach is much more uh, if you want uh, um, uh, and you know it, it uses less energy a lot of the pure, big language models that you see right now, everybody has heard about, uh, you know, like BERT, or uh, now is GPT-3 is the new big names. They're all very, very intensive in terms of energy consumption. And obviously today, this is an important element that
0: we need always to consider. Now I'd very much like to turn to the topic of explainable AI. So can you explain what explainable AI is? So there are many, there could be different definitions of
1: what explainable AI is. Um, I like a very simple one, which is uh, having an AI system that uh, a human, a person can understand how it behaves. It can understand in terms that it builds it, human can build it in a way that the system behaves predictably or at least uh, in an explainable way but also the opposite where if something bad happens, you can actually go back and correct, right? So that's the two aspects uh, that I think better define explainable. The techniques are different in the in, in function of the, the AI technique you use, you have different techniques to apply this uh, this uh, exp- you know, explainability. But the, the, the core concept is that you have sam- something that uh, uh, the so-called human in the loop can understand and can understand why a system behaves in a certain way
0: And who benefits from explainable
1: AI? so um, what I was saying is that uh, having uh, keeping a uh, control on the on the way uh, an artificial intelligence system works uh, obviously it's a responsible way to implement. But there's also another aspect. It's not only about explainability, it's also about uh, energy consumption. I don't think today we can afford to have systems that uh, uh, you know, like uh, consume an amount of energy that is not related to the value that they actually bring to us. And I think that a lot of uh, these mega applications in the area of AI are, have this problem because now we have uh, computer power that is basically unlimited we are taking advantage of using it uh, even if the return is a fraction of what, uh, what the consumption is. So again, it's techniques are different. It's always a question to uh, analyze the trade-off and uh, a trade-off where you use, uh, for example, in the, in the area of NLP, a trade-off where you can use uh, a symbolic approach or so something that is human-like with injections of machine learning. Now, technically this is called hybrid which is where even us are are betting a lot for the future, is probably the right trade-off. You can automate and use, uh, you know, like uh, an automated approach where it makes sense without compromising explainability, without compromising energy consumption. And I think that's uh, probably the area where in the next 10 years we're going to see major, major advance.
0: Okay. Can you turn to the topic of knowledge discovery. Can you um, explain a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, knowledge discovery is the second area of application of our technology. If you think the first one is around automation, as we were talking about RPA, the second is about extracting what it, what matters from a huge amount of information. So imagine a repository or a news stream, right? You are monitoring uh, classes of events, you're monitoring uh, for business risks, you're monitoring for marketing intelligence. Usually the task you need to do is to read through hundreds of articles. and the more articles you read, the more you can uh, limit the risk exposure. Knowledge discovery is around that. The system is once again, helping you to extract what is important and doesn't limit you in terms of the number of uh, texts that you can process. So with a knowledge discovery enabled by a technology like ours, you can say, okay, now I'm scanning all the news around the specific topics. I can bring in hundreds of thousands of news every day, local, different languages. It doesn't matter because I know that the system is making, bringing in front of me the one that seemed to be more relevant for my tasks. Once again, it's not about (laughs) A person then has to do the part of the job but imagine to be able to be sure that you have scanned everything in that everything that could be important your work or even your research
0: could be much more effective. But AI boils down to data and is data a force for good or or can it be a force for bad? Mm-hmm. Um, you know
1: data is uh, for sure is a, is a source of good. I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, I think all organizations today are operating based on data, right? So um, what, uh, unfortunately what we did until now is that we focused only on data that looked like numbers and, and with the line, you know, rows, columns and so forth. There's a lot of data that are sitting in the day-to-day communication with people that have been traditionally ignored. Now, data, processed uh, in a way that is compliant with with uh, the way we as human work tend to be always a positive task even the bad news if you want are good if you are informed in time where it becomes very dangerous is when you apply the so-called black box algorithm on top of them if you think about uh, a lot of that now there's a lot of stories around you know Biased uh, in the way people are treated by a chatbot, for example, or um, these mega uh, new models that you know that learn from uh, content that is uh, questionable, either because it's not true or because it's really like dangerous content. If you apply on top of that a pure black box something that just takes an input and then calculates and spits out something that's where it can become really um a negative force because you end up amplifying certain elements of uh, the interactions that we have that are not what we really want the system to to base it, its behavior on and this is becoming more and more dangerous because more and more people believe that there's only one way to treat uh, these um, language data, which is put it in a magic machine that is a black box and just spits out some.
0: Can we do a little bit of future gazing? Um, for AI to be successful in the future, in the near future, what does it need? Uh,
1: in um, In AI and in NLP, there are many different techniques that are available. And uh, thinking that one technique can address all the issues in all the use cases and so forth, it's an illusion. Um, the reality is that the future will bring uh, the capability to uh, mix and match techniques. That's what we as a company are betting a lot with, uh, with our um, future development in terms of products and solutions, where uh, we let people that might not even be experts but they can just are expert of the process, being able to pick and choose whatever techniques is better to fix that specific issue. And um, this is called, uh, Gartner calls it composite. We call it hybrid, but it's an approach where you mix the best uh, techniques uh, in, the, uh, to, in, the, in the area of artificial intelligence.
0: Luca Scaliani, thank you very much indeed. Thanks to everyone for listening in and we welcome you to join us on future broadcasts as we speak to more inspirational companies and their leaders.